Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. Um, For those of the United States, it is Election Day, and it is a powerful day here in America, as it is, I believe, in Election Days all around the world. We're live on iHeartRadio, so that matters to those of you who are out here listening to me live today. If you're on the podcast, I hope you voted. Missing teeth. And we've got a little, there we go, we got that commercial exited out there. But to me, what is so powerful about Election Day here in the United States is we have the power to make a difference with our vote. Sometimes we don't feel like we do, but we do. We have choices that a lot of other people in countries don't have. We might not always like our choices, but we do have choices, which totally fits completely in line with my guest today and the work that he is doing there out there in the world today. My guest today is Douglas, <clears throat> I cannot speak, Douglas Vermeeren, and his latest book is Personal Power Mastery. And it, I have to tell you, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to get from the book. I just knew I wanted to interview him because I, I love the thread of the work that he does. And as I was reading it in prep for the show, I went, yes, I forgot about that. I needed to hear that again. I needed to hear it the way he wrote it. And he's just a really, really cool guy. Um, and I, I love the work that he's doing out there in the world. He's produced and directed three ten leading personal development movies ever made with some of the top people you've ever heard of in the world. And he's written many books. He's been on news shows. He's been on TV. He's he's interviewed 400 of the world's business and motivational leaders to create his latest book. And I love the fact that he is sharing his wisdom with us on the show today. So, Douglas, welcome to the show. And I don't seem to have him, Mr. B. Are, are you there now? You gotcha. All right, you're there. You Yay. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, it's so cool that we start off with a couple little glitches because that means it's going to be an amazing show, right? The universe is trying to just get us ready for something great. But thank you for that kind of introduction. That was really cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Well, I'm so glad you were able to hear my introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because a doctor's office tried to call me this morning just before the show, and she found me on my business line versus my other lines and she goes your your cell phone's going to fish and wildlife and your home line just doesn't go anywhere and i'm like but they people have been calling me all day so the the universe can sometimes throw us hiccups and we think we're going in one way and they don't always work and your book really seems to speak so much about that and how we respond to those hiccups well, I, I think probably even one of the first things uh, that we need to acknowledge is that all top achievers are not perfectionists, they're improvisers. And we've got to understand that I think one of the biggest things that keeps most people from success is they haven't yet learned how to manage stress. Uh, we learn how to manage difficulty before we can learn how to handle, uh, you know, the positivity that life has for us to, uh, to experience. So I think that that's a really important point that we, you know, we recognize that there are going to be hiccups, but we're okay with that, right? We're okay. Yeah, and if we're not okay, we have to acknowledge we're not okay with it as well. And that's a a big theme I I got from your book as as well, Doug, is that if you acknowledge 
where you're at, it's the first step to moving forward from it. Would that be a correct uh, assumption? Yeah, well, I, I think I think the the way to kind of explain that best is really even found in the title of the book, Personal Power Mastery. Um, one of the mantras that we share at the event really explains it, it well, but that idea of being personally involved in your success, that personal power, that's really the beginning of all success. And the one thing that I notice is as I you know, have interviewed more than 400 of the world's top achievers to create this content and now been teaching it for several decades, whenever somebody comes in and wants to make a change in their life, whether it's you know, increased finances, better relationship, better health, lose weight, uh, connection to self, self-worth, whatever, it all starts with this idea that if you own it, you can change it. And so you need to have that personal accountability and that personal responsibility first and foremost above all things in order to create the, the life that you want. What I've discovered coaching and consulting at some of the highest levels in corporations to just an individual needing some help is that taking personal responsibility doesn't always seem to be you think it's easy, right? Like, okay, acknowledge and respect it. But a lot of people have difficulty seeing what's really happening in their own life. How do you help somebody see what's really happening? Not what their perception is of what is sure. happening, but what's really happening in their life or their business. Well, I, I th- yeah, and I, I think that, that that's, a, that's a really great question. Um, I think aside from even helping somebody to really see what they're, what, what's happening, I think the first step is to really help them see also what they want. And I think that that's a really big challenge for a lot of people is, you know, because we've got so much coming at us in today's society, um, we often will think that we want what everybody else wants. In other words, you know, we're, we're shown things on social media and in the news and et cetera. And so it's very easy to adopt the values and others of other people rather than being authentic to what's important to us. In fact, um, one of the movies that I'd like to make here in the near future, I'd like to call it The Lost Message. And the reason why is because I believe right now a lot of our feelings of value and worth come from how many likes we get on Facebook, how many times people share our posts, if we're wearing the right things that the media is telling us to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I really think that this idea of authenticity is being lost. And I, I firmly believe that to... You know, to start in the direction of, you know, any kind of achievement, you have to have clarity, first of all, on what's going to make us happy. It kind of reminds me of what Stephen Covey said in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said that most people, or many people, climb the ladder of success only to find it leaning against the wrong wall. And so once we find out what we <laughs> All right, really wait, want, wait, I love that. Say that one more it's time. It's so true. That many people climb the ladder of success only to find that it's leaning against the wrong wall. Oh. And, I, and I think that that's totally true. Like, you know, I guess another way to put it is uh, you probably heard that saying that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single footstep. Well, I'm going to say that that's also not true. I think the journey to where you want to go must begin with a single footstep in the right direction. And then you find it's not a thousand footsteps after all. In fact, my experience with this work, and we've been doing this now for decades, is that many people, most people, in fact, are far closer to what they want than they ever realize. The problem is that they've never taken the time to distill what they want, so therefore they can't step towards it. And I'm going to suggest, uh, you know, one of the things we also share in the training is that a goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. And we just need to take some time to figure out what that authentic uh, success really looks like for us, right? Like, I think that's the beginning point. In, in your book, you ask a lot of questions. You 
and my thing, obviously, with the name of the show being It's All About the Questions in my book, What Would a Wise Woman Do? Questions to Ask Along the Way, everything I speak about is about shifting your perceptions by asking questions to get the answers you need versus the answers you want. And so many of the questions that you have throughout each chapter and at the end of the chapter, to me, were so brilliant in that it shakes you up. And if you answer them truthfully for yourself, you can get to what you were just talking about, being there and knowing where you're meant to be and what you want. But that seemed, it's, I, I spoke at a couple of conferences over the last couple of weeks and one of them was a She Leads Tech conference. So high-powered women in tech or want to move up through tech. And another one was people looking to find their passions. And this recurring theme, Douglas, just keep kept coming up was, I, I guess, a thought of stinking thinking. They're stuck in a loop of thought. And they, they're at these events thinking that they can shift out of where they are. And in your book, I think my favorite thing, and it was really hard to pick out my favorite thing in your <laughs> book because there were so many different things, was your idea of the quality of thought. Your, yeah. The negative, neutral, positive, and other thinking. I'm not going to share the last one on it. Can, <laughs> I, I, I'll, let, I'll let you do that as we, as we work through it. You know what? Um, I, I really want us to get into that in depth. And I think we're about to go into a commercial break. So we're going to go into commercial break now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about quality of thought and cool. how you define them because you know positive thinking yeah. is not always the right thinking i never would have well, thought like, of that it's misunderstood it's misunderstood for sure it is yeah and i never would have thought of that till i that to me was transformational for me all right and we'll be right back after this commercial break as mr b takes us out to it cool okay douglas we, we teased everybody with this whole idea of quality <laughs> thought. So just launch into there and explain the four different kinds of thinking and why it's so important to understand them. Well, I, I think the, the best way to kind of proceed through that conversation is, is uh, to start by pointing out a handful of years ago there was a study done on thought that uh, most people have heard about where they say that on the average day a person has between sixty and 70,000 thoughts a day. And that's you know, I guess totally true. It's hard to say. I think, quite frankly, it would have been hard to calculate that. <laughs> Can you imagine a guy with that little clicker to count, you know, <laughs> 60,000? Like, how, how would you do this, right? So, anyways, that to me raises some questions. But the one thing that I think is probably more valuable from that study than the actual number of thoughts that we have is they said, and this is the part that nobody really ever talks about in that same study, because people pass around the stat, but they've never read the study. Um, in the study, they said that 80 to 90% of the thoughts that are included in that 60 to 70,000 are either negative or neutral. Now, most people know what negative thinking is. Okay, we all get that, or we think we get that, but most people haven't ever heard of this idea of something called neutral thinking. Um, let me maybe, the easiest way to explain this, obviously we've got listeners here, so they're going to have to use their imagination. If I had a flip chart, I'd draw it, but... I want you to imagine, first of all, before we talk about thinking, let's use a similar principle to illustrate this, the principle of buoyancy. Now, buoyancy, we know, is the ability of something to float in water. If something is negatively buoyant, it sinks. If something's positively buoyant, it floats to the top. If something is neutrally buoyant, that means it's neither at the top nor the bottom, but floating in the middle. 
if you're like a fish swimming kind of in between the bottom and the top, you're kind of neutrally buoyant at that point. You can control your buoyancy. Now, let's start with the negative thoughts, which are negatively buoyant, and they're going to be way at the bottom. They're going to be right among the, the dirt, the sand, the dust, and the coral, right at the bottom. Now, we know that negative thoughts, by definition, are really thoughts that are not empowering us, that are not expanding who we are, that are not leading to a better self. And to be quite frank, if people remain in this negative thinking pattern for a long enough time, things like depression can set in. In fact, in very extreme cases, it can start even to turn into suicidal thoughts or uh, self-destructive behavior and, and so forth. That's the way that it manifests itself. So those are thoughts now, like, I'm not good enough, I can never get out of the situation I am, I deserve to be treated the way I am, those kind of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a great example. In fact, one of the things that you said right there, too, that, you know, maybe we'll get into this later because this is a complex discussion here, but where you said, I can never get out of where I'm at. That, like, even those self-defeating patterns, if you will, uh, are are demonstrated here. But, uh, you know, on another discussion, I want to chat a little bit more how to break those patterns because that's important. Too. We're definitely going to get to that in the amount of time we have, <laughs> I hope. So we're just going to have to just run into this conversation. So. Yeah. So, so starting with thoughts then, the, the thing that's interesting to notice about most people most people, uh, and in fact, all people as humans do experience negative thinking. We all do. Even the most positive person in the world experiences negative thinking. The difference is, is that there are those who experience it habitually and in terms of patterns. And that's what really disables most people. You know, so we've got to be careful that we don't spend the majority of our time thinking negatively. Now, the next level up from that, if we kind of are, again, looking in the water, so if we rise to that level of neutral, that's, again, something that's neither at the top or at the bottom. It's just kind of floating in the middle. We call that neutral thinking. Think of it as neutral buoyancy. But the only problem is, is that anything that is neutral eventually becomes negative. In other words, if you look in the water, something that's floating in the middle, you know, like a stick or something, eventually it will sink to the bottom. And if we think about that, that's true in our daily lives, too. If there's things that were sort of on automatic pilot, you know, uh, people who do the same job every day, they wake up at the same time, drive the same route, get to the same job, do the same things, come home, watch the little TV, go to bed, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, it's not fulfilling, and it will eventually lead to greater negative thinking. And one of the biggest challenges is in psychology, they call that neutral thinking ritual tendencies. Um, the common man calls it habits. <laughs> These are the habits that we get into. If, if we really don't think about what's happening in neutral, it really has a tendency to overtake our life and really steal time away from us. So it's, it's kind of challenging. The next level up is what we call positive thinking. And positive thinking is actually very misunderstood. In fact, um, a lot of people will quote uh, books by people like Dr. Norman Vincent Peale, uh, or they'll, they'll talk about that in pop culture, but the truth of the matter is nobody's really read his books. If they read it, they would understand that he's not really talking about this kind of positive thinking. He's talking about the next one that we're going to talk about in a minute. He was a very empowering person, very motivational, and he really understood the importance of real, true positive thinking. But most people don't understand positive thinking in, in the context that it's given in our society. Okay, now, so most people think of positive thinking as finding well, the bright side of something. Well, let, 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 let's talk about that for a second. So here, if we look at it again, comparing it to buoyancy in water, positive buoyancy is something that floats at the top of the water, but it is still in the water. It's surrounded by water, and it's affected by what it's surrounded by. So just like you're saying there, 
this is this is kind of what we want to talk about is that a person who is quote unquote a positive thinker in today's society actually is always still reactive and responsive to what's going on around them, like the water. So in other words, they miss the bus. They say, "Oh shoot, I missed the bus," but let's look on the bright side, right? And then right. they take a positive picture of it. Or maybe they're going through a divorce and they say, "Oh man, this relationship failed," but let's look on the bright side. There's more fish in the sea, or whatever. Or I'm going through a bankruptcy. Let's look on the bright side. And so there's still a victim. In, in this scenario. And the thing that's kind of interesting is if we look carefully in our relationships around us, it's not long till we recognize people that actually find their value in creating drama and escaping drama or living within drama and they feel like they're a hero because they can escape by the skin of their teeth. Something's always going wrong, but somehow they make it and they find value in that. And, you know, sometimes these people, I hate to say it, but they create drama just so they can have something to escape from. And these are people that we hear that are self-sabotaging or people that are, you know, often contentious with those around them. They stir up crap (laughs) just to be able to demonstrate that they have power there. And that's totally incorrect, and it still is a very strong victim mentality. Now, the thinking that's above that, which is the one that Norman Vincent Peale talked about, Stephen Covey talks about it massively in his book, many of the other success gurus do talk about this, and... You know, of course, as we went out and did the interviews with the 400 of the world's top achievers, this is the kind of thinking that they exhibit. And it's the kind that you're going to have to exhibit if you want to be successful as well. It's called proactive or empowered thinking. And that's actually above the water. It's not surrounded by the water, so to speak. And so it's, it's thinking that is independent of external circumstances. That means that if you want to create success, Let's say it's in a business. You're not going to say, oh, the marketplace isn't just right. You don't care about the marketplace. You're creating your own destiny. You know, uh, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're not saying, well, it's their fault, that person. If they were better, I could have better. That's not true. In fact, one of the big things that I want to just kind of right now, I guess, beat down as a thought that's out there. <laughs> okay. a, a lot of the gurus that are out there today teaching success are totally incorrect, and they're in error, and they're leading people down a lot of false paths. A lot of these gurus. And so sometimes you see these gurus saying specifically, well, if you've got toxic people in your life, you've got to eliminate them. And I think that that's really a very irresponsible point of view. The truth of the matter is, is a true successful person is not affected by that toxic person around them. They're not calling for a divorce the minute that somebody offends them. If you want to be a successful person, you've got to learn how to manage that kind of stress. You've got to manage those situations and those problems. You've got to rise above them to be truly successful, not eliminate them. And here's the newsflash, folks. If you're human, you're going to always find people or things that don't agree with you. You're going to find things that challenge who you are and cause you to stretch. And it's not about getting your way. And if somebody, you know, tells you that you maybe need to make changes or you need to do something better, the most successful person actually listens to those things, doesn't always absorb them as what they need to do, but they are open to understanding. They're open to learning and they're open to teaching. And so this idea of you need to get rid of all these toxic elements around you, it, it's, it's not fair. Um, what we need to do instead of eliminating those is we need to learn how to manage them and rise above them. And right? that's not saying that if somebody is physically abusing you or something like that, that's a different level. You're not. That's a different level. Okay, I just There's want to make sure we're clear about that. Yep. And there's certain behavior, of course, that we don't tolerate. There's certain behavior that we don't tolerate. But what I'm saying is that too many of these gurus say, well, if you don't get along with someone, you need to eliminate them from your life. And that, to me, is a very immature, irresponsible point of view. 
Right. They're, they're there and you can put them aside so that they don't impact you or whatever, but there's some lesson in it that Absolutely. can help you move past it and beyond it. Like, how are they triggering you? Okay. Daniel Burris was on my show. I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Burris. Yep. And I, I like to think of your empowered or proactive thinking like he does with anticipatory thinking where you're not worrying about everything else that's going on. You're sitting out there going, here's what's next. <laughs> Here, I, well, well, you, know, you know, I'm what? seeing we, this. We've even got a different way of looking at that that I think is even more powerful. If you think about it, there's a continuum, like a line, what I call a, the continuum of willingness. At one end, you've got people that, yeah, you give them a task, and they do it grudgingly, and they hold back, and they won't give their best self. Now, at that end of the continuum, there's less of everything. There's less money, there's less opportunity, less freedom, less everything. People who hold back like that are very scarcity-minded. But on the other end of the continuum, you've got what we call going the extra mile, like all the way up there. You've got people who start going the extra mile by, in other words, the immediate task that they do. They do well. They do it with these are people that are always sought out to do these activities. All right, and hold and that thought. We're going to tease everybody because the national news is going to interrupt us in just a few seconds. So we'll be back with more from Douglas Vermeeren, author of Personal Power Mastery. Welcome back, everyone. If you're just joining us live on iHeartRadio, welcome to the show. I'm here with Douglas Vermeeren, author of Personal Power Mastery. He's interviewed over 400 top achievers from all walks of life and business to find out what their what does personal power mastery mean to them and, and what they can do with it. The content to me was really life-changing. Just on a few things that we talked about before the break, we talked about negative thinking and neutral thinking and positive thinking. And positive thinking, everybody, is not what you think. So if you're just joining us live, go back and listen to the podcast on itsallaboutthequestions.com. It'll be up in a couple of days. If you're on the podcast, um, you know we're just going to continue with our thought. And, and Douglas, before the break, you were talking about this continuum of willingness and at the other yeah. end of the spectrum, going the extra mile. Let's finish that thought. Yeah. Thank you. And, you know, going the extra mile, actually, there's, there's I think, three stages to that. Um, you know, the first one is really the quality of work that we have to do, you know. So we've got people who, you know, and hopefully you're one of them in, as a listener here, who whenever they're given a task, they do it with excellence. And people always come to them because they know it's going to be a job well done. That's a very, very uh, far extreme at the continuum of willingness. These are people who do things with excellence. Now, obviously, at this extreme on that side, we see more money, more opportunity, more uh, you know, freedom that comes, all kinds of blessings that come in abundance. Now, there are several levels even beyond that. Now, as we know, we've heard the phrase, going the extra mile. So that means once the job is completed with excellence, these people keep going once everyone stops. And, again, there's, there's greater recognition there. That's where people get promoted. That's where people receive, you know, always the opportunities that other people are missing. But there's even one further than that. And you kind of talk about what, what Dan Burris has talked about, about anticipating. We actually, in our training, call it the pre-extra mile. And that's people who do things even without being asked. You know, they anticipate the needs of those that they're serving. In fact, uh, here's a, a, a quick little experiment for your audience to, to try out. If, you, if you're in the audience and you're listening to, and, and you're married, this is a great tool for you. Husbands, listen up. Get out there and pre-anticipate the things that your wife is looking for. In other words, do the laundry before she asks. 
<laughs> or uh, do the dishes before she asks. And this idea of all the rewards being at that end, you will experience that in real time. Now, like I said, all the abundance of opportunity, time, uh, resources, money, everything is there, but you husbands will notice immediately that uh, you will experience rewards if you start doing things without being asked. Wow, let's see if we can create a revolution here, right? <laughs> well, I'm laughing because I'm twice divorced. <laughs> oh, I see. And was that one of the causes that you needed to just ask too much for him to do what was required? <laughs> well, it, you know, it, beca- it it's like what you were talking about. And, and there was even a movie with Jennifer Aniston in it where she said, I want you to want to do it without me having to ask you to do it. You know, it's, it's part of being married is being this team and it shouldn't all be one sided. You know, if you see Fair. something broken, you shouldn't wait for me to say, can you go fix it? Yeah. You, if it's if you see that the door is broken, fix it or say I'm arranging to have it fixed, you know, so that that's a yeah. really beautiful concept about what you were you were just talking about, which leads me to this other thought that I had where you talk about perception is a choice. Mm-hmm. And this show and one of the reasons I created this show was to put people in front of my listeners that are in my life in some way that get brought into my life that help me shift my perceptions so that I can make better choices and I can make different choices than I might have made without the thoughts that that person or those questions are asking. And why is perception a choice? Because I, I, I know a lot of my listeners really don't understand that concept. Well, I I think even starting with a simpler concept to answer that question is better, and that is the idea around choice. Let me me maybe share something that was kind of cool for me, uh, a big aha. Um, As you know, I went out and I interviewed more than 400 of the world's top achievers. We're talking world-class business leaders, people who've created multi-million and billion-dollar brands. I interviewed you know, award-winning celebrities and athletes, people who'd won medals and all these kinds of things. But one of my favorite interviews was with someone that we often don't think about when it ter- comes to creating success and creating change. And that, that group of people, if you will, I wanted to study where are the biggest changes in our society? Who are the people that are affecting real change? And to be quite frank with you, I didn't want to do the comment, let's go interview some personal development gurus. Um, Because I believe that, quite frankly, um, many of them are missing the mark. Many of them are just selling seminars. They're not truly agents of change. They can motivate, but they really don't understand the psychology behind change. So I wanted to go and find who who are the real people doing this. And so um, I decided to go and interview suicide hotline workers. Isn't that interesting if you think about it? Wow. They have to facilitate change in the quickest way possible. And in fact, as one of the one of the ladies I was speaking with who trained these workers, she said, you know what, we've got to make changes in a hurry because sometimes we've got people who will call, they've, they've got a gun in their hand, maybe they've even already taken pills, some of them have a definite plan, and they're in the most distraught and distressing and most anxiety-filled moment of their life. And a lot hangs in the balance. And so I, I thought that this is like an incredible place to study. Let's study change because these guys inside of a quick phone call need to take someone to a point of despair to a point of hope. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's learn about this. And as I was talking to this lady about how they train the suicide hotline worker, she said something startling to me. She said, you know, out of all the things that we're allowed to say to someone who's about to take their life, the only thing, the only thing that we are not allowed to say is don't kill yourself. 
And I said, what? Like, that's the first thing I would say. Yeah, me too. This is crazy. And I said, okay, you got to explain this to me. Help me understand. Why do we not say that? And she says, well, the reason why is when people call in, the reason they're feeling in such a state of despair is because they feel like they don't have a choice. They feel like they're cornered. They feel like this is the only option. And by us telling them what to do, we're not helping them to see that they have options. We're just like everything else in their life, and we've taken away their freedom, and we've told them what they need to do and where they need to be and how they need to live. She says that's not what we want to do. She says instead we want to help them start to see that they have choice because choice is power. So and that, that's a big saying there, or that's a big key right there. Choice is power. I'm going to explain what that means in a second a little bit better. But she said what we do instead of telling them what to do is we say you have a choice. It's true. You could take your life, but here's the consequence. And we help them see that. And then we tell them, but you also have the choice you could save there. And here's the consequences of what that looks like. And you also have the choice that you could call someone and get help, which is exactly what you're doing now. Congratulations. And here's the consequences of that. And she said, as we help them recognize more choices in their life, their power returns. The more choices we have, the more power we have. And I'm not saying we've got to take all the choices, but as soon as we see that we have choice, again, back to that idea of perception of what you're talking about, our ability to see a future expands. Now, here's the interesting thing about this is over the last decade, we, we've, we've been doing a, a training called Personal Power Mastery. Right now, it's rated number three in the world for personal development courses in the, in the world. Now, Congratulations. Frankly, I, yeah, thank you. I, I think one day we're going to be number one, but right now, like people like Tony Robbins, who I totally honor, he's number one, and, he, and rightfully so. He's got a powerful program. So right now we're number three. Guys like Tony are number one. But one day we'll get there. <laughs> one day we will get there. Um, but here's the deal. is In our training, we have seen a lot of people come through who've been in some very difficult circumstances, whether it's foreclosure, bankruptcy, uh, on the verge of suicide, people that have been diagnosed with terminal illness, people who have lost a loved one, including children, people who've been through some terrible, terrible things. And sometimes they're often paralyzed by the experience of whatever that terrible thing has been. And we've noticed that as they've learned and implemented this idea of developing choices for themselves and recognizing choices, that their power has returned. In fact, we recently had uh, a lady, uh, this was about seven or eight months ago, um, she had lost her husband in combat in the Middle East. And she was devastated, and she was very much in a depressive state. In fact, with her kids, she ended up having to move in with her parents, and she kind of locked herself in a bedroom while her parents just took over the duty of raising her kids. And her depression was spiraling. She was now having suicidal thoughts, definitely problems with self-worth, etc. Well, somebody bought her a ticket to come and join us at one of our Personal Power Mastery events. And while there, she was taught this principle of choice. And almost like a light switch flicking on as she began to do the exercises to recognize that she had choices in her life, life began to return to her. And she began to develop new strategies and new ideas around what she wanted to be and who she wanted to be, not only for her children and her family, but for other people who had been through similar circumstances as her. In other words, widows who had lost their husbands or parents who had lost their children or others who are now experiencing the same thing she did. And now she's turned into a massive powerhouse. Okay, so so you mentioned that you taught a technique and you talk about it in the book as well. And I highly encourage everybody because we can't in the time limits of my radio show 
um, share everything, but the book is uh, Personal Power and Mastery, Douglas Vermeer. And can you please share one or two things that my, you know what, we're going to go to our last commercial break, which is one minute long. <laughs> and then when you come back, we're going to, sh- you can share, please, something that people can do right now to help them see that they have choices they didn't see before. We'll be right back after one cool. minute of commercial break. Okay, Douglas, so you teased us, now share some ways that people can, my listeners, because this is a big problem for a lot of people out there, even the people that don't think it's a problem for them, that they have choices. So what are some things they can do to begin seeing that they have choice? Well, I I think the the first thing we also need to recognize, you know, still going even to this idea of choice, the importance of choice, Um, but it's not just the choice. Like, choice is only a partial answer. Uh, right. Let me explain what I mean. You've, you've heard that people have said happiness is a choice, right? Like, we hear that quite regularly. The truth of the matter is, is that's not actually true. <laughs> Again, I keep changing all these ideas that a lot of, you know, personal development pop culture is teaching. That's why everybody needed. needs to read your book. <laughs> well, and, and we need to be realistic. Like, a lot of the stuff we've been told is absolutely not true. In fact, it's, it's kind of funny before we sort of get into that answer. One of the things that was kind of told to me that, I, that, you know, by another radio host that I thought was absolutely brilliant and true. She says, when the secret came out, everybody became a law of attraction coach. Half these people had never heard of it before. What happened? And they say, people go see Tony Robbins, they come out and all of a sudden they're a life or business coach and they've never had any experience doing life or business coaching. So it's like they're teaching someone else's material. So you're getting a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of someone else's. Clone of a clone of a clone. And and that's why it's not working for you, right? So since the days of Napoleon Hill, no one's done this research like we have into 400 of the world's top achievers. And a, a lawyer that we had come recently to our event pointed out that my goodness, put this in perspective. If I had one witness to establish the truth, that's quite a bit, right? Or even three witnesses or a dozen witnesses says, you've gone out and you've researched 400 of the world's top achievers. You've got an indisputable view of what success is and how it how it's achieved. So this stuff is, is the legit stuff. This is the stuff okay, that's going to change so your life. Okay, great. So I, I want to make sure so, that you get something in before the end of the show. So yeah. um, just... Move, move my listeners forward a little bit. Yeah, so let's let's get on here to this idea of what happiness and success really is. It's not a choice. It's actually a choice and a consequence. So the true definition of, of happiness or success is that you are, you are finding peace with the choices that you make and the consequences that follow. So happiness isn't just a choice. Happiness is a choice with consequence. And if we can just maybe give one little key when it comes to creating better choices, you know, you can you can always look at the negative choices that we've made in our life. Generally, most of them are attached to the principle of immediate gratification, right? The choices that will provide you the most happiness are generally not impulse choices. They are choices that are in harmony with our highest values, and they're choices that are going to give us the best consequences over the long term. So in other words, if you're doing something just for an immediate, let's have fun, or this is immediately gratifying, you know, you go to buy the new pair of shoes, or you quickly get involved in the wrong kind of relationship, or like oftentimes those are the situations that have the most regret attached to them. So when we're making choices, the first thing that I'm going to invite the listeners to do is to really start thinking about what the consequences are going to be. Back to that quote from Stephen Covey, don't climb the ladder of success to find that it's leading against the wrong wall. Make that decision ahead of time, what you want your life to look like. And then when you're listing choices that you have, 
You know, when you're stuck in this corner and you've decided that you're going to start exploring your choices, you can measure those choices against the true values that you have, the true goals that you have. And don't worry so much about, you know, pleasing other people like we talk about in society. In fact, your greatest passion and purpose isn't so much even what you love. It's what overlaps with those that you love. So in other words, how can you build your passion and purpose to associate with those that you care about most, right? And you'll find because we're humans, we always want to have that connection with other people. So part of our success is how do we create legacy? How to create relationships that are long lasting? And how do we stay connected to those that mean the most to us? So it's very important that we take a look at those kind of issues when, when we're answering this idea around choice. So if somebody can't see any choices for themselves, are you saying that it's because they they don't have a bigger picture for themselves as to what they really want? Over the last, uh, gosh, decade and a half of working with people around the world, I've never met anybody who's not been able to find choice. Okay. But some uh, people I, feel I that they can't. They feel that way. And here's the deal is they often eliminate themselves from the game of finding choices. In other okay. words, they either turn lazy, fearful, doubtful, or simply aren't prepared to do the work. We all have choices that we can take, everyone. And, and I've seen some people in some pretty difficult circumstances. I'm not you know, looking to get all dramatic here, but we've even seen people who've been involved in the sex trade, who've had people who have been, uh, how should we say, um, <laughs> owned them, <laughs> right? They were literally slaves to these people, and they found choices and ways to escape. And so I'm here to tell you that even those in the most abusive and hopeless situations can still find the power of choice come into their life. And as we take ownership of those choices, we can expand our power. Now, I'm not saying that we immediately will have all the freedom and all the delight and all the benefit and the wonderful things flow immediately to our life. Some things do take time to develop, and sometimes it's just baby steps with new choices and bigger choices to be able to put ourselves so, uh, how do we say this, in, into the sunshine. Right. So thinking of the conversation we had before the national news in the first half of the show, one of their choices could be, I'm going to have an empowered or proactive thought is my choice versus positive thinking or neutral or negative thinking. That's a choice is that my next thought, okay, if I see it's a positive thinking of, oh, I missed the train, but this is going to be there instead go what would be another, what would be the empowered or well, proactive thinking? Well, let me share e- even the beginning, the beginning. I think for some people, it's as simple as just having a choice on how you're going to see yourself. Beautiful. Right? Okay. Because I, I believe, like, here, here's, the, here's the one thing that I think is the beginning of everything. And if we had more time, we could kind of talk about this. You know, um, our habits and, you know, everything from the way that we pursue our spirituality, our health, our relationships, our abundance, all these kind of things, all of that is a reflection of how we see ourselves. And if we don't start by seeing ourselves on a more powerful level, um, nothing else more powerful will come. Let me put it this way. The universe is an echo chamber, and how we approach it, whether it's with hesitation, with doubt, with fear, with disbelief, with, you know, uh, a, a negative spirit or a scarcity spirit, that's exactly what's going to come back in every circumstance. However, if we begin to see it as something that's supportive to us and we believe in ourselves and we believe that we're worthy and worthwhile, we will start to develop a confidence that will allow us to take stronger actions. And so it really all begins with how we see ourselves. That's the first set of choices that we need to make. And I, again, I think I love that. the reason why most, most people don't 
is because they get into those negative patterns and they have somehow found value in being critical of themselves. It's not the correct pattern, but at one point they have found value by being hard on themselves and they've built that now as a habitual, uh, consistent thing that they do. So that's the first choice that needs to change. And for everybody listening out there, I would say to you, stop what you're doing. If you're driving your car, don't just stop randomly, okay? I, I don't want you to stop driving your car or stop paying attention. <laughs> and I always have to remember that there are people out there driving their cars. But, you know, maybe as you're driving your car, you need to be thinking, where am I going? Well, fair enough. And I, I think that's with every aspect in life. I think, again, too many of us are on autopilot. And the, the tools that we're using as the autopilot, that mechanism that is the machinery of the autopilot, is somewhat flawed, right? In other words, we're making decisions based on kind of old data, who we were, not who we want to become. And the thing that I think is also important to point out is that you hear a lot of gurus talk about you need to step outside of your comfort zone to be successful. I totally disagree. Like, I'm not comfortable with doing my own dental work, for example. So I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to do it right? Like, why do we try to, to put ourselves in painful situations? What we are better to do is find our brilliant zone. What is the stuff that really gets us, us excited? What are we somewhat good at? What are the things that we are uh, able to develop? And when we understand our brilliant zone, that's where we should become uncomfortable, within that brilliant zone. And we'll find that as we believe in ourselves and we start pursuing our personal greatness, that life actually gets a lot easier. We've got to stop trying to be something we're not and become more authentic, and you'll find that wealth, abundance, relationships, all these things come. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that part of the reason that you experienced the divorces that you did is because someone in the relationship was not authentic to who they were, even at the beginning. They tried to be something they were not, and that was just a really hard facade to keep up throughout that relationship, and that's why it failed. And I think a lot of people experience that same thing with all aspects of their life. They're not authentic, and therefore, they can't keep it up. I agree with you 100%, and I even talk about the first divorce very authentically in, in my book. And the second one, um, that's for another book, but I've spoken about it very openly on the air with everybody. Douglas, I, I want to make sure people, because we're almost at the end of the show, how do they reach out to you? How do they get your book? Well, I, I think probably the coolest thing is, is I want to give you guys some tools for free that you can use. Obviously, if you get our vibe, you'll become our tribe. So come try us out. The best way to do that is on Facebook. We've got a free group called Personal Power Mastery, and we've got all kinds of cool tools that are there. I also sometimes bring on some of the world's top achievers, and they share firsthand their experience. In fact, after this interview, I'll be um, doing an interview with uh, Brian Smith, the founder of Ugg Boots, and he'll be sharing some of his ideas around success, which is really cool. So come join us at Personal Power Mastery on Facebook. Facebook. It's a free group. And then if you'd like to grab the book, obviously some of the places like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, they ha- you just Google Personal Power Mastery and you'll see there's quite a few sites that are sharing it. It's soon becoming uh, one of the top books in personal development. In fact, Joe Vitale, who you know from The Secret, said that it's destined to become a classic right alongside people like Think and Grow Rich, Awaken the Giant, and other massive books. So this is definitely one you want to pick up. Perfect. I love that. And my copy's dog-eared. I think it's a great book, and I really want to thank you so much for being on the show with me today. I may have to have you back on to do some more thought thinking. Oh, I'd love to do it, and I appreciate you having me. That was great. So everybody, remember, you know, for me, 
questions really shift my perception and the stuff we talked about with Doug today really can help you do that and inside his book he poses a lot a lot of questions that I think are are beautiful because remember the right questions can change your life so what are you asking yourself today have a great day everyone hug someone you love and, and read a really good book you've been listening to it's all about the questions starring Laura Stewart Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.